In advance of the winter, New Yorkers are encouraged to get their annual flu shot, and this year, public health officials are also recommending an updated COVID-19 vaccination. And for most adults, complying with this guidance is as easy as any other visit to your local pharmacist. But that annual immunization effort that most of us take for granted can be a challenge for New Yorkers with intellectual or developmental disabilities, as well as their caregivers. To discuss those challenges and what it takes to overcome them, we're joined in the studio by Courtney skivington Wolf, a registered nurse who serves as COO of Partners Health Plan, an insurance plan serving New Yorkers with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thanks for having me. So for starters, what are some of the obstacles to getting New Yorkers with intellectual and developmental disabilities vaccinated against uh, COVID-19 or the flu? Sure. Um, So that's actually been evolving as the pandemic evolved, right? So vaccine availability in general uh, is much, much better than it was certainly in the initial stages of the pandemic. Uh, As you said, they're at CVS, at Target, at Walgreens, your primary care physician. seems like they're in every corner at this point. But for people with uh, developmental disabilities, you can really look at the population in two different buckets. About half of New Yorkers who have intellectual and developmental disabilities live in a congregate setting, meaning they live in a residence or a group home with other people with disabilities. Those who live in those settings have much easier access to vaccines. We're able to come in, uh, vaccinate multiple members at a time. It's in a setting that they're used to, right? Mm -hmm. This is where they live and work sometimes. So that has a lot less challenges. For people who live in the community setting, either out on their own independently or with their families, it can be much more challenging. There's lots of sensory issues. Sometimes there's trepidation around going to your CVS, your Walgreens, your Target, and sitting somewhere where there might be loud noises or bright lights or just a general intimidation of having a vaccination performed. Well, given those challenges, what are the vaccination rates like for New Yorkers with intellectual or developmental disabilities, especially compared to uh, the general population? So with the general population, the rates are much lower probably than you would expect. They're around the low 40s percent mm-hmm. percentile. With people with developmental disabilities, we don't have very accurate data yet on what those rates look like, but we know that they're lower. So rough data shows us around maybe 25% to 30% are currently being vaccinated. And that's for both COVID and flu. And is that a particular problem for the intellectual and developmentally disabled community? For example, are they more at risk from negative repercussions if they get the, the flu or contract COVID-19? Absolutely. So that's twofold, really. One, is is more from a physical standpoint, right? So they have, most of them have weakened immune systems or just congenitally more at risk for things like COVID and flu. So what that means is that if you don't have a disability and you catch COVID or flu, you have X percent chance of succumbing to the disease or being hospitalized by the virus. With somebody with disabilities, it's estimated it's at least six times more as likely that they will succumb to those viruses. The other piece is that there's about half of the population living in a residential or or congregate setting. And, you know, it's obvious that when you live with other people in a close, in close quarters, it's much more likely that you can, you know, if your roommate has COVID or the flu, that you are more likely to catch it as well. So these settings were not designed necessarily decades ago when they were built to have isolation (laughs) rooms and places for people to spread out. So that makes it extra challenging. Well, currently, are there programs or or services designed to make it a little easier for New Yorkers with intellectual or developmental disabilities to get 
vaccinated. You mentioned the case of meeting people where they live. Mm-hmm. What what does the landscape look like? Sure. So we've done some pretty innovative and creative programs to meet the needs of, of people, particularly in the community setting, who live independently to, like you said, meet them where they are, mm-hmm. right? And design an environment that's more comforting for them to, to get the vaccine. Right at the rollout of the vaccine three years ago, we, in conjunction with uh, New York State Industries for the Disabled and various local government leaders, designed and implemented vaccine clinics around the state that were IDD sensitive, so disability sensitive. So they were clinics that were set up specifically for people with disabilities and to accommodate them in a way that they felt comfortable. So things like, again, low lighting. We had EMTs that were trained to work with people who were autistic, might have some sort of other behavioral disability that made it challenging for them to perhaps sit in a chair like you and I would to have a vaccine performed. We had EMTs that were going out to people cars during these disability-centric vaccine clinics because the person didn't want to get out of their car and they were too nervous. So we were delivering vaccines right in the car. You know, we have developed programs around this to meet the individuals where they are and really offer vaccine administration in a more nuanced way that's, that's sensitive to their needs. So then moving forward, though, where are the gaps in the services and programs that might make it easier to ensure that all New Yorkers with intellectual or developmental disabilities who want a vaccine can get one? For example, what sort of staff training should there be and what sort of accommodations at facilities should there be? Sure. I mean, I think in a in a dream world, we'd like to think that all of these organizations or companies like CVS and Target and Walgreens would be able to offer this type of disability-sensitive vaccine administration, but I don't know the reality of that. I think in the meantime, the gaps that really need to be filled is working with mainstream healthcare providers to really emphasize the need for people with IDD to to get these vaccines, both COVID and flu. So what I mean by that is making sure that primary care providers, for instance, who have patients who have a disability, really emphasize to them perhaps in a more direct way than they would with their average patient, mm-hmm. the reality of what could happen to these folks if they don't get vaccinated. When we talk about immunizations, we're talking about public health concerns. Mm-hmm. And when we think about the responsibility of caring for the public health, we think about the state. So is this something that the state needs to be taking the, the lead on as opposed to relying on disparate healthcare providers and pharmacists to fill the void? That's a great question. So the state does to some extent, you know, the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities, OPWDD, uh, they're really the overseer and the authorizer of all of the IDD services that are delivered within New York State. So those are the types of services that people with disabilities receive. They do perform a certain level of advocacy, for sure. I look at organizations like the one that we operate as really the linchpin or the go-between between the state and those providers who are delivering care. So the state will set forth an advocacy campaign I see our organization uh, in the work that we do to care manage and to work directly with people with disabilities. We need to carry forth that advocacy right to right to the person, and try to make sure that you know whatever the state has set forth is really actually implemented on the ground. Well, finally, as you think about your goals for this winter, mm-hmm. are you optimistic about, say, getting vaccination rates on par with the general public, or are you just striving to begin to narrow the gap this year and hope to make progress moving forward? We're definitely feeling optimistic because of the 
initiatives that we've put forth really in communicating with the with our membership around prevention and vaccination, the need for treatment like Paxlovid, right, should you catch COVID-19. But I will say there has been not only in the general public, but we see this within the disability community as well, there is some sort of COVID fatigue happening, vaccine fatigue. Um, people just are <laughs> sick of it and want to move on. Uh, and I think that there is a real lack of education and we're working against that That dynamic right now, but a lack of understanding that this current vaccine that is out is not necessarily just a booster. It's a whole new, whole new vaccine and to really help people understand their, the risks that are associated it, with, with that. But I think that the disability community is just like the general public and that there is fatigue from, from COVID. And I think there's a bit of complacency that's happening all over as far as continuing to be vaccinated and, and understanding the risks and doing simple things like hand washing and mask wearing for prevention purposes. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Courtney Skivington-Wolf. She is the COO at Partners Health Plan. Courtney, thanks for visiting us in the studio. Thanks so much for having me. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.